Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Isn't that good? That's so good. Grab your Bibles tonight if you would. I'd like you to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 32. Cody, thank you so much. We love you. Welcome home too from your vacation, you and Sandra. Love you guys. Love you guys. I want to speak to you tonight. I want to encourage you to take some notes this evening. Would you do that? All right. Four of you. I want to encourage you. Take some notes tonight. I want to speak to you tonight about the peace of God. I believe this is going to be a very, very important gift to your life tonight. I believe that. Let me say that again. I believe this is going to be a very important gift to your life tonight, this word. I want you to see it as a gift. When you come in here, I want you to see that, you know, <clears throat> the Lord brings to my spirit fresh bread. I, I got here this morning at 10 a.m., and I get before the Lord every Saturday for fresh bread. You're not getting stale leftovers. So I get before the Lord for fresh bread, and this is what the Lord gave me today. Now, the, throughout the week, what happens is the Lord starts processing and kind of marinating words in my spirit and giving me kind of samplings of thought and inspiration throughout the week. And then when I come in, he'll either check that and say, no, that's not what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. Or he'll say, this is exactly what I'm doing. Go here. And so tonight, I really believe that this message is going to be a gift. It is a message from the Lord. I don't, I don't preach sermons. I bring you messages from the Lord. Okay? So, amen. So you're in Isaiah 32. Father, again, we just thank you for the power of your word, the authority of your word. Let it go forth now and let it be a gift that put penetrates our heart and spirit tonight. Those online tonight, Lord, I pray that it is a gift to them. And Lord, as this word begins to carry and gain traction, even on the internet, Lord, those that will watch it days from now or, or weeks from now, that it becomes such a gift to them that the peace of God literally crowns them, guards them, rests upon them for this critical hour. In the name of Jesus, I bless you, church, to hear and receive the word. Amen. Amen. Can I get a big amen tonight? Amen. Praise God. The peace of God is very profound. The peace of God is very profound. The peace of God is supernatural. The peace of God is holy. I had an experience this week, and I was at our home, and I woke up really, really early. In the morning, as many times I do when the Lord is moving on me, and I went to the Word and opened to the book of Isaiah and was beginning my prayer time and listening to the Lord. And I came to this verse in Isaiah 32 and verse 18, and I want you to look at it together with me. And I'm going to read it first out of the NIV, which I, I rarely use the NIV translation. And let me tell you why. I rarely use the NIV translation because the NIV, the people who have the rights over the NIV for the last many years have been taking verses out of the Bible. Yeah, really. They've been taking verses out of the Bible and they've been making the NIV translation more uh, politically and culturally palatable. So it's not offensive to people. Are you catching my drift? So do your own research on that. I, I rarely use the NIV, but I was reading 
I, I cross-reference so many different passages of Scripture when I'm in reading. And so I began to read in the NIV, and then I read it out of the New King James Version, which I'm going to do tonight. And I want you to grab a hold of it. This is what it says out of the NIV. It says, My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Ooh. Can I read that over you? Can I read that over you again? I'm going to wash you with the word tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Now, out of the New King James Version, my people will dwell in peaceful habitations, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Isn't that good? You see, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to, you know, prove the point. Everyone, everybody knows that the world is being turned upside down in upheaval. When I grabbed hold of this scripture that particular morning, I began to pray this over the Gibbs household. I began to pray this over my wife. I began to pray this over our son. I began to pray this over my daughter, our life. Then I began to move through my family. Then I began to pray over victory, a church of his presence. I began to pray over our light the fire partners and friends. And I just began to walk through the living room that morning, speaking and declaring, God, we're going to live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places. Grab hold of that tonight. In undisturbed places of rest. This is the promise of God. Things are getting very intense. The turbulence is getting more intense, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we have to grab hold of the promises of God and declare them over our lives. Declare them over your heart. Declare them over your spirit. Declare it over your home, over your children. When, I, when, I, when a word just leaps into my spirit like this and I begin to pray it, it just brands me. And I pray the Holy Spirit brands you tonight that He is desiring. This is your promise. You're going to dwell in peace. Amen. I'm speaking to you tonight about the peace of God. I, you need to say it tonight. I'm going to dwell in peace. My home's going to be secure. Come on, church. In undisturbed places of rest. Oh, hallelujah. That's so good. That's so good. I, uh, I heard, <laughs> how many of you know who Lance Wall now is? I, uh, I, I love Lance and uh, got to meet Lance several years ago. He and I were on an assignment in Washington, D.C. at the same time, so we got to connect and become friends. And um, Lance said this the other night, <laughs> and I agree. And this is what Lance said. He says, I believe that God intends for America not to go down into self-destruction just because idiots are driving. That just sounds like Lance. You go ahead and shout amen. I, uh, I'm Brian Gibbs, and I approve Lance's message. <laughs> I, think, I think it's imperative that we just we grab hold of the promises of God in this hour. God understands what has happened to this nation. God understands what has been stolen from the destiny of this nation. And the Holy Ghost is still working and rooting through, again, the belly of the beast to make sure that justice is going to come, that exposure is going to come. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind and strength, God is the keeper of the United States of America. 
He's the keeper of America. He's not going to allow America to go down in flames because of these God-haters and these God-mockers. So may the Lord impart to you peace tonight. Peace. We are living in, a, in an age and in a time that it is, it is imperative that our hearts are anchored in the peace of God. It is imperative that we learn to live out of the presence of God in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what? The anointing is the power and the presence of God that rests upon us and that is within us. It is important that we learn to draw draw forth from the presence of God. It's important that we learn how to yield and surrender over to the presence of God so that the Lord can protect our heart and guard our hearts and mind in His peace. Can you say amen tonight? He's the Prince of Peace. Victoria was singing it earlier. He's the the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, verse 6. We know it so well at this Christmas time. For unto us a child is born, a son is is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What? Prince of Peace. Shout it out. Prince of Peace. Yes. Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. And his government shall never know an end. It's going to go on forever and ever and ever. Guys, the clock is ticking on these, this insanity of the governments that are bowing down to these systems that are just melting like wax and collapsing before the world. But the mountain of the Lord is being raised up. The kingdom of God is being raised up. And the Lord's going to reign upon his throne forever and ever. Hallelujah. Luke 21, I want you to look at it tonight. We've got a lot of scripture, and I I say this a lot at Victory. We never apologize for using the Bible. What are the odds? We We never apologize for using our Bibles, and we never apologize for the amount of scripture. Again, take notes tonight, guys. And I believe this is so key. If you've been around here any time at all, you understand I use a lot of the word because... I'm not saying this condescendingly. I'm saying this as an observation. We live in a time where people are very shallow in the Word of God. It's important to get the Word of God before people. People are not reading the Scriptures and memorizing the Word, saying the Word. So it, it, it's, it's imperative. It's paramount. That's why we spend the time here at Victory. Another thing that I... That I do very deliberately here in teaching the word and in communicating the word. I don't take for granted everybody knows it, so I just quote it and try to breeze through it and run through it. No, there's so much power and revelation and authority in the word of God under the anointing as I use it. It, it releases life into you. Luke 21, Jesus is now prophesying about the end times. He's prophesying about the last days. The disciples are asking him, when will the end come? What will be the sign of his return? What will be the sign of the end of the age? Now get this, Jesus gets very specific. He gets very specific. Don't miss this. Verse 25, he says, there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations. Wow. Distress of nations with perplexities, the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear. You need to underline that in your scriptures. 
men's hearts failing them from fear. That word fear, we touched on this last week, is the word in the Greek. It's phobos. And what does it mean? It literally means terror. Terror. Men's hearts will actually begin to fail them because of the terror that they see coming upon the earth. And the expectation of those things that are coming upon the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when you see these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is saying when you see all these things begin to happen, you need to be knowing, you need to be looking to the skies, knowing I'm going to return just as I promised and I'm coming for my bride. I'm coming to get you. Listen carefully tonight. Please listen carefully. Take some notes tonight. Where you place your focus in these days will decide whether you're actually going to live in the peace of God or whether you're going to live in anxiety and fear and panic. It's where you place your focus. I'm speaking to you tonight on the peace of God. Stay with me tonight. We know that it's no secret that in our times, in our generation, we're not unlike other generations because Jesus made it very clear, didn't he? He said, it's going to be literally like the days of Noah before my coming. So we're not unlike other generations. He wanted to pen it back prophetically while he's prophesying, look for these signs, but yet understand it's going to be just like in the days of Noah. So he's penning something. So that we gain revelation, so that we gain understanding as watchmen and we understand the hour. Many people right now, because of the perplexities of life, because of the dangers of life, because of fear, you know, people are trying to hide in everything that they can. No new vices, drugs, uh, uh, perversions of alcohol or whatever those things are, vices, what... People think they can find security and money. There's nothing new under the sun, is there? There's nothing new under the sun. So people are in fear. They're in anxiety. They're in unrest. And they continue to try to hide themselves in these empty, empty things. But these are the words of Jesus, John 14. These are powerful, powerful words. I'm speaking to you tonight about the peace of God. John 14, verse 25. These things that I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring into remembrance all the things that I said to you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Take hold of those words as an anchor tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is our promise from Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let your heart be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. You can shout amen right there. You heard me say, I'm going away, but I'm coming back for you. 
If you love me, you will rejoice because I say I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Verse 27 again, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to talk to you tonight about what the Word of God says about His peace. Romans 14 and verse 17. Put it in your notes tonight. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in, say in tonight, in the Holy Spirit. I want you to grab hold of this. Peace is in the Holy Spirit. Say it with me tonight. Peace is in the Holy Spirit. One more time. Peace is in the Holy Spirit. So powerful. So powerful. You can tell or you can mark the measure of really where you're walking with God by your peace. Or are you walking in disturbance? Is the turbulence around you shaking you, rattling you? Is there anxieties? Is there perplexities that are coming up? Now, I know nothing about this because I'm a mighty man of God. And only sheep really deal with these types of things. But I empathize the best that I can. Oh, hallelujah. And that was a bunch of garbage. Every one of us deal with the perplexities of life. Every one of us deal with different levels of stress. Under uh, all of us, we we get into circumstances. We get into times where we are like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You get rattled. But to understand that the source of secret power rest in quality time of being with God and receiving the peace of the Holy Spirit. Receiving a transaction from the Holy Spirit. Peace is not within you. Peace is within the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? And the Holy Spirit is within you. But you've got to learn how to surrender. I've got to learn how to surrender. Yield, surrender myself to the Holy Spirit. And receive my inheritance as a son and daughter of God. This is yours. This is your inheritance. Peace is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's yours. Say it. It's mine. It's mine. When I get in turbulence, what I do is I get alone with God. I open the scriptures. I open the scriptures and I say, God, speak to me. Father, let your word wash over me. I don't preach to you what God's saying to me for me. There's a difference. I get in the word for me and then I get into the word for you. Does that make sense? All right. All right, next scripture. Romans 15, verse 13 tonight. The closer that we walk with the Lord, the more peace that carries us in times that make no sense. There are things that that are happening right now that they make no logical sense. There there is such evil chaos, craziness, That has been spawned on our country, on the nations of the earth, because of evil men and women with evil intent. Hear this tonight. Hear this. We are in the midst 
of a global storm. I believe God is going to bring justice and judgment too to those who have partnered with these evil spirits. I believe that God, yes, come on church. I believe the prayers that God has made his ecclesia pregnant with that we've been decreeing and saying back to God in the earth realm. And I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it again. Prophecy is speaking to men and women when you hear the voice of God. Intercession is saying back to God what you hear God saying out of the heavens and out of the word. When we get before God and we present ourselves, we stand in the earth realm and we, we stand as men and women of God in agreement with God, with what God is decreeing over our generations, over our time. Obviously, we have a more sure word of prophecy that is the Holy Scriptures. I'm just I'm quoting the Bible to you right now. This is our more sure word of prophecy, right? Right. I'm not scrolling, you know, frantically the Internet for some prophet or apostle, you know, to find another word. I have a more sure word of prophecy right here. Guess what? There's not one word of this that's ever going to fail. Jesus said heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, my word shall never pass away. It's all going to be fulfilled. It's all going to be fulfilled. And we're walking through the fulfillment of it even now. Romans 15, 13, I told you to go there. May the God of hope fill you. I love what we prayed earlier. Father, let hope just explode like a wildfire, unstoppable and unquenchable on our nation tonight. May the hope of God, may may the God of hope, (laughs) let me read that right. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. you got to grab hold of that. I say this a lot around here. The anointing is not adrenaline. The anointing is not hype. The anointing is not gimmicks. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of crazy, skewed antics in the church that people have pawned off being the anointing, and it's not. And it really just needs to be denounced and says that's a bunch of clown stuff. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit that hope comes. It's in the power. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit that hope comes alive and hope takes hold of you like a fire. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to work it up. This is the Holy Spirit's ministry. It's not your ministry. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he ignites that fire within you and causes it to burn. And what happens is he shoots forth hope. And faith begins to come alive within your heart and within your mind. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22, we know. The fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such is no law. What is the fruit of the Spirit? It's peace. Peace is in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives and abides and dwells within you. Paul's the one who wrote in 1 Corinthians. He said, do you not know that you yourselves, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that God's Spirit lives and dwells within you. You have literally become the ark of God's presence. You are the resting place of God. You are the dwelling place of God. And out of the Holy Spirit comes radical power. That, that 
supersedes logic, supersedes all understanding, and God releases hope in you. This is exciting. And God releases peace within you. And peace is so attractive. This is what the world is looking for. Hebrews chapter 6, let me give you some more scripture. Speaking of Jesus, it says where the forerunner entered in for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. I'm going to read on in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 2. To whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now, this is big. If you're not familiar with the story, this is when Lot and his servants were taken captive, and Abraham had to go and rescue them. And after he rescued them, he went into this valley, and all these kings from the region came to give gifts unto Abraham, but Abraham wouldn't receive anything. But then there was this king that showed up on the scene and presented himself with the covenant meal of bread and wine. Wink, wink. This king just shows up on the scene, breaking through the crowd, and offers bread and wine unto Abraham. And it says that Abraham, he had a revelation of who it actually was. And he gave him tenth of all. Tithing does not come by the law. Tithing comes by revelation knowledge. Abraham had revelation that this was the Lord. This is called a theophany in the scriptures when Jesus appears in the old covenant before the word became flesh. And it says here that he was king of Salem. Let, let's, let's just put this together. Jeru means what? City of. Salem means peace. Put it together. Jeru, Jerusalem, city of peace. King of peace. Who are we talking about? Who's the prince of peace? Who's the king of peace? Who's going to rule forever from Jerusalem? Well, there you go. Our Melchizedek. He was our forerunner that went beyond the veil. That's what it says as Paul wrote this. Understand this. Our God is the God of peace. Come on. Our God is the God of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. And the spirit of God which Jesus commissioned into, into the earth from the Father is the spirit of peace. God never uses fear. God never, 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 never uses fear. He uses peace. Are you hearing me? Grab a hold of this. This is your inheritance tonight. I'm speaking to the body of Christ. I know who I'm talking to tonight. You need to be wise in this hour. You know that Satan is out to ambush your peace? Wow, I, I'm going to write that down. I didn't know that, Brian. That is deep. That was, I mean, give me Hebrew on that. That is deep. He's trying to steal your peace. He's trying to rob you. He's trying to plant anxiety and fear and panic upon you. I mean, guys, if you haven't heard it, I mean, I mean, the world is going to end in less than 12 years if we don't do the new green deal. That was free. Uh, uh -huh. You know, unfortunately, so many believers still don't know that their inheritance 
is the peace of God. Many times it's because people live in what I call inside of an orphan spirit. They live in an identity apart from God in an orphan spirit where they don't yet know their rights and their privileges and their inheritance as sons and daughters. And because of it, because they're still locked in an orphan spirit, you can be delivered from that. Hallelujah. There's so many in this room that can say, I've been delivered of that. So that when revelation comes and we understand what our inheritance has been given in God freely through Christ Jesus, then we understand peace is my inheritance. It's mine. The Lord gave it to me and the enemy cannot have it. Are you with me tonight? John 14, 27 again. Here's the promise. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus told them from the time that I leave the earth until the time I'm going to return, I'm releasing my spirit of peace upon my beloved. See, the peace of Jesus, you need to write this down. The peace of Jesus is an abiding profound, non-circumstantial peace. It is a trans-circumstantial peace that comes from the heart of the Father. See, the peace of the world is very fragile. Have you noticed that? The peace of the world is very fragile. It's circumstantial peace. And what's it based on? It's based on people's feelings. You know, the number one reason for doctor's visits is not COVID-19. The number one reason for doctor visits is stress. Do you know the number one reason for medicines prescribed to people is not because of Omicron? It's because of stress. Now, what I've just said to you is accurate facts. It's accurate. People go to the doctor the most because of stress. We're living in a perilous time, ladies and gentlemen. And the big pharma's licking their chops and rubbing their hands and going, great, we can shell out more pills. More pills. Fill everybody with pills. Because sorcery. That's right. Pharmakia. Man, the church is preaching to me tonight. I'm going to sit down and say amen. Come on. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But the info is accurate, guys. Stress is killing people. Jesus said there would, there would come such perilous times on the earth. Men's hearts will be failing them for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. This is serious stuff. You were never, ever designed by God to live under fear and anxiety. You were designed by a good, perfect, heavenly father to live in peace. You were designed to live in the peace of God. When you leave here and you wake up tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, you were not designed to carry some heavy burden of all of the crap in the world. Crap in the Greek means 
Are you hearing me? You, you're, you're not called to carry the weight of the world. Even as an intercessor. Hello. Hello. Even as an intercessor. Even as a, a pastor, a shepherd. You're not called to carry the weight of the world. Jesus already did it. Jesus already finished the work. People are stressing and going into anxiety and fear and panic because they're not living in their God-given inheritance. I'm telling you tonight, guys, there is oceans of peace that God wants us to swim in and deep sea dive. It's yours. It's ours. And we need to remind each other of this as a family. We need to remind each other. My wife reminds Brian. I remind her. We remind each other. The peace of God is for us now. We have the peace of God. Tap into it. Come on, can I get an amen? Can I get a witness tonight? Why is it so important to walk in the peace of God? Well, I'm glad you've asked. I want you to write some things down. Number one, peace is how God guides you. Or you can write down, peace is how God guides me. Peace is how God guides, guides me. And there's some believers that don't, still don't understand this. I want to give you a verse, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians 3 and 15, it'll be behind me, but put it in your notes. Let the peace of God rule. Read it, read it with me, if you will. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now watch this again. Let the peace of God rule. Write this down. Rule. What does it mean? In the Greek, it literally means to umpire. It means to give situational guidance. It's, it's where the Holy Spirit is actually umpiring your life and he's calling the shots. You know what? An, an, an umpire stands behind the catcher and he watches the balls being thrown. And what does he say? It's either a strike or it's a, it's a foul. Come on. Are you with me tonight? Okay. Some people don't even care about baseball, so it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. The peace of God is tangible. The peace of God is not a subjective thing. You know, my, my wife and I, before I set this up, I want to say it again. The peace of God. What are we saying tonight? The peace of God. It must rule your heart and your mind. It gives you guidance. The peace of God umpires your decisions. Do you know there's going to be times that you're not going to be able to find chapter and verse for every decision you need to make? then what needs to be the umpire that watches over your heart? It's the peace of God. My wife and I, 26 years of marriage, we've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of decisions together. Together. And you know, you know what made those decisions? The peace of God. Because my wife and I are in unity, and we are, because my wife and I are in unity, because we're in agreement, because we pray together, because we pray to the Lord, because we listen to one another, when we begin to pray over something, if the peace of God is disturbed within our heart, or if we start getting a check or a red flag, we will actually start backing off of it, and we will wait for the timing of God. We won't, just, we won't stop praying over something or just throw it away. Sometimes you, you've lived this. You understand what I'm talking about. It's like the Lord can walk up and just put something right on pause. And then when it's time, it's like he just takes it off a of pause. Are, are, you, are you seeing that? What, what is it? It's the peace of God ump umpiring our decisions. Again, there, there are so many perplexities of life. We're not going to have chapter and verse for relationally on our job with people, all sorts of stuff. 
What has to govern our heart? The peace of God must govern your heart. The peace of God must rule your heart. And when you have a check, back off of it. When you have a green light, when the peace of God is there, you know I'm moving in the will of God. Are you with me? Are you with me? Why is it important to live in the peace of God? Because this is how God guides you. God guiding you through his peace. And let me just say this, you know, as we, as Brent and I pray together, I think this is so important. You know, we don't bully each other. You know, my wife's intense. <laughs> she doesn't bully me. I don't bully her in prayer. If she has a check about something, then I stop and I honor that check. I honor that point where, okay, she's getting a check on something. But when we come into the peace of God and we're in unity, then we take the steps forward. The peace of God leads me. The peace of God leads you. Amen? Isn't that good? The presence of God is so profound. The peace of God is so profound. You know, it goes beyond reason. It goes beyond logic. Let me say this. I think this is important. Everything can look right on the outside. Everything can look so right, but yet the Lord is checking your heart. You ever had that happen? You wanted that so bad. You wanted to buy that house so bad. You wanted to buy that car so bad, right? But everything was telling you in your heart, no, either it's not time or no, that's not the way to go, right? You've prayed over situations. You've prayed over things. Oh God, should we move to this city? Should we go here? Should we do this? And the peace of God was umpiring. The peace of God was actually protecting your, your uh, oh, help me, Lord, your destiny. There's the word. I was seeing words flash before me. He, he protects our destiny. He protects our path. He protects our purpose. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. If the enemy can knock out your peace, he can knock out your navigational processing. It's a very dangerous thing to turn your peace over to the enemy. I want to say to you as your, as your shepherd, don't let him have it. Amen. Number two, number two, the peace of God is what guards our hearts and minds against the enemy's attack of fear and anxiety. The peace of God guards our hearts and minds against the enemy's attack of fear and anxiety. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I want to stop right there. Why would God give us a command if it were not possible? Let's think it through. He wouldn't give us a command if it were not possible. He starts out, he says, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer, by, but, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses, there it is again, it surpasses all understanding. It surpasses reason and logic, what you can see in natural, virtual reality. It will surpass that. And it will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, the word guard in the Greek is ferrero. And this is what it means. This is powerful if you're taking notes tonight. And if you're not taking notes, go ahead and take notes on this. It's ferrero. And it means Protect by a military guard, watch this, and to prevent a hostile invasion. Whoa. The peace of God will protect you from a hostile invasion. 
Are you hearing this? This is so powerful. The peace of God that abides within you guards and protects you from life's enemies. It protects you from all that you think could go wrong. You ever been there? You ever started thinking about all that could go wrong, that might be wrong, that could have, should have, would have? Are you catching this? The enemy will do that to you. He'll start talking to you about generational diseases in your family. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll go back in your family and start trying to put a label on you so that, you know, you know, your aunt had this, your mom, you know, your mom had this, your grandmother had this, and now you better know it's coming down the pike. You know, the enemy talks to us just like that. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? He'll try to ambush you and put fear on you in any way, in any way, and it becomes absolutely absurd. He'll talk to you about losing your job. He'll talk to you about disease. Are you with me tonight? Maybe this is too practical. Oh, it's not. It's not. You know, every year we fast. Every January we fast. And we'll be going into an extended fast this January. Maybe we should fast worrying. Have you ever tried, have you ever been so worried that you tried to make God worried about something? You like that, Sandra? Seriously, you ever been so worried that you tried to actually make God worried about something? I I did that this week. My wife and I were praying together about something, and then when we were done, uh, my wife gently rebuked me. (laughs) I know this has never happened to any other men in the church, probably only to Brian. And you know how intense my wife is. She's a lion. She's intense. Okay, so anyway, yeah. And she's not. She's very gentle. She's very loving. But, but when we got done praying together, my wife gently rebuked me because I was really worried about something. And I, so much so, I was. it seemed as if I was, she didn't say this. These are my words. But it seemed like I was trying to make God worried about what I was worried about. And my wife was gently just giving me a course correction and getting Brian back into faith. You give it up for my wife tonight. <laughs> Come on. My, my daughter's like, she's down there going, amen, hallelujah, this is good. Come on. I'm telling you what, when Victoria gangs up on me on, on Bren's side, it's intense. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> oh, I will sick her on you one day. You just watch. <laughs> but you know what? My wife really helped me because when we broke apart, I was like, you know, from our time of prayer, I just, I felt conviction like, well, man, God, I, I am so worried about this. And really, it's, it's been about a property. It's been about a building. It's, I mean, it's no secret. <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. I've just been worried. It's like, wow, I, I mean, I can't make God worried about, about it. I've got to pray in faith and believe he's going to take care of it. He's just going to take care of it because he's a good father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Without the peace of God, we can become vulnerable to the devil. Write it down. Without the peace of God, we can become vulnerable to the devil. See, anxiety, ladies and gentlemen, is not a condition. Anxiety is a choice. Anxiety is not a condition. 
Anxiety is not a condition that must be nursed by pills. Anxiety is a choice. Are you hearing me tonight? Write it down. This is important. But prayer is the secret weapon that protects us from fear and anxiety. Paul gave the secret with prayer and supplications and thanksgiving. With prayer, the peace of God will guard you from any invasion or hostility that's trying to come from the outside or the exteriors to ambush you. 1 Peter 5 verse 7. It says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Can I remind you of that tonight? Your father cares for you. Don, Natasha, our father cares for you. Cody, Sandra, our father cares for you. We can cast all of our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. When we feel ourselves being vulnerable, when we feel fear causing us to tremble. That's where we got to be honest with God and say, God, this thing is getting to me. This thing is stirring me up. This thing is bothering me. And you know what? I'm turning it now over to you. I repent of it. I'm telling you, this is what to do. I repent of it. I renounce it. And now I'm going to re-say it. If you've said it wrong, Lord, this is scaring me. You need to re-say it. Lord, I will not allow this to scare me any longer. Come on, church. Number three, why is the peace of God so, so important? Because the peace of God is our platform for our witness. The peace of God is our platform for our witness. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you for that amen in the back. I hear you. Way up there in the bleachers. Way, way, way back there. I, I heard you. The Apostle Paul writes, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What am I saying? Peace is your platform for witness. Do you know right now inside of Sarasota Memorial Hospital, do you know that the sick are not sitting up in bed writing get well cards to other people that are sick? No, it's because they need to get well. When people are flowing in their platform of peace, they're able to then minister to others. If you will stay in the peace of God, God will awaken you to the needs of other people all around you. And then you will be able to impart the gift of God by the word of God, even by the laying on of hands. Come on, are you still here? By the laying on of hands, by the spoken word, Jesus, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jesus literally commissioned and told his disciples about going into houses and releasing their shalom, releasing their peace, that it would have so much power, it would affect an entire family. That's what I did over the atmosphere that was so radical in here during worship and all the disturbances and all the, I just released the shalom of God to just flush it like a toilet. Flush it out of the atmosphere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to get to that in a minute. Understanding the, the peace of God. This is big. Guys, unbelievers are so attracted to the peace of God. I think I've said this many times to you. The glory of God has to look like something. The glory of God has to look like something. In these last days, in these perilous times, the glory of God is going to look like peace manifesting on your life when everybody else is losing their minds. 
the peace of God resting on you and your family, it will become so attracted to others. They'll be like, my God, how are you doing that? How are you, how are you moving forward? The peace of God is crowning you. The peace of God is guarding your spirit and guarding your mind. And you're in an undisturbed atmosphere in your home. You're going you're gonna to dwell in a place of safety. You're going to dwell in a place of safety. Your, your kids are going to be undisturbed. You're going to be undisturbed. Your mind is going to be clear. You're not going to be terrorized by night terrors and, and nightmares and demonic things. Your house is going to be full of peace. Your house is going to be full of the angels of God. Ho! Hallelujah! People are trying everything to find peace, guys. They'll do it through money. They'll do it through relationships, substance abuse. They want it. The world wants peace. You know that? It's only the peace that Jesus can give. The Prince of Peace. Number four, why is peace so important? Because it's the purpose of your ministry and your influence. Why is peace so important? It's the purpose of your ministry and of your influence. Matthew 5 and verse 9. Write it down. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That's your call. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons, and let's just say, and the daughters of God. This is your call. Let us read on. Luke chapter 10. I need to speed up. Luke 10. Verses 3 through 6, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals. Greet and greet no one on the road, but whatever house you enter. Watch this. First say peace. First say peace to this house. And if, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on them. And if not, it shall return unto you. This is such a profound, profound statement by Jesus to his disciples. He said, go into the house and release your shalom. And if the shalom rests on that atmosphere, then you know you're blessed to stay there. And if it doesn't, hit the bricks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's, here's the point. Our ministry is to expand and extend the peace of God everywhere that we go. Well, Brian, you and Bren, I mean, you're not extending peace. You go to those radical Sarasota educational board meetings and, and you're, you're, you're not a peacemaker. You're, you're not going there. You're, you're going there and rattling cages. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you why. You go to war to establish peace. You fight against the perverts to save the innocent children. So you fight the good fight of faith. You wage a good warfare. You raise the sword of truth. And you speak it with power and authority. Because on the other on the other side of it, it's about releasing peace on something. People are so obsessed with, oh, that's not love. That's not the love of God. I'm going to tell you something. The love of God can be extremely offensive. The love of God can be very intense. Jesus is not just full of grace. He's full of grace and truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? So many stories are coming to my mind. You know, I, I've, had, I've had people come to me and ask me to drive demons out of their house. I'm talking about releasing the shalom. I'm talking about releasing the peace of God. I've had to do that. 
I have driven demons out of people's houses. I've driven demons out of their kids, too, and people. But I, then I had to teach them their own authority how to keep their house clean, how to keep their life clean so that they don't allow devils to come back in through openings that are not secured up by the blood of Jesus. You can release the peace of God. I'm telling you, man of God, woman of God, you can release the peace of God. And if we recognize the measure of our inheritance, we can walk into a grocery store. And while people are frazzled, we can just be walking with the Lord doing our thing. And we can start releasing the peace of God. I did it at the post office this week. An African-American man came in. And he was just kind of whistling and whistling. I turned to him and I said, don't ever lose your song. Keep singing. No matter what happens in this world, keep singing and don't lose your song. He just froze in his tracks. I just released the peace of God on it. He's like, thank you. Thank you. I didn't turn and say, thus says the Lord. No. I just said, don't lose your song. Are you hearing me? It was a beautiful moment. There's more to it, but we don't have time. <laughs> Mark chapter 4. I'm, I'm about rounding the bases, guys. Mark chapter 4. Watch this. We know the story well. On the same day, verse 35, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, he took them along to where the boat was. And there was another little boat that was with him also. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. Wow. It was already filling up. But he was in the stern and he was asleep on a pillow. Of course, you know, you know that was from the pillow man. I mean, if he's sleeping that good, it was definitely from Mike Lindell. You know. <laughs> he, oh, Jesus ordered it. Dang it, Peter, he got online and ordered that pillow from Mike Lindell. He's sleeping so well. Dang it. They awoke him. Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? <laughs> then he arose. He rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, oh, why were you so fearful? Uh, where's your faith? I mean, that's, what I, that's when, you know, Brian's in the boat. That's when I would have said, Lord, just, just pause on the message so I can change my underwear. <laughs> Dear God, the wind listens to his voice. The wind listens to his voice. What's the teaching? What's the moral of the story? It's that Jesus was so filled and loaded with the peace that he could release peace over that storm. You can't give what you don't have. That goes for all of us, me included. The sea, the raging of the sea looked exactly like what was going on on the inside of the disciples' hearts. But that's not what it looked like on the inside of Jesus. He was in perfect peace. He got up, peace be still. Wow. Let me just say this. Jesus is awesome. He's awesome. Do you know that trouble in our environment is going to manifest people's true nature? Let me say that again. Trouble in our environment is actually going to reveal people's true nature. And what do I mean by that? Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? That's right. I'm going to give you five quick things tonight. 
I, I, I don't normally preach like, here's five, here's seven. I, that kind of, you know, anyway, that kind of bothers me. But here I am doing it. So. <laughs> I like the free flow. I'm the kite in the wind. And, and that's how I preach. But there's, there's some times where the Lord gives me pieces where I can, I can put them in bites. So I'm going to give you five bites. It's like ordering chicken nuggets. Praise the Lord. I'll take a five count with uh, a five count with barbecue. Are you still with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. You can endure five more minutes. Stop thinking about Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> anyway, knock it off. Those of you online, stop thinking of Chick-fil-A. Number one, write it down. Submission to the Lordship of Christ and his government. If you're going to stay in the peace of God, you've got to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and his government. We've already read Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. Verse 7, it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Did you hear it? And then the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. Oh, my gosh. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isn't that amazing? But you've got to surrender to the peace. This is James 4. In verse 7, it says, submit to God first, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You don't try to resist the devil unless you're fully submitted unto God. If you're not submitted to God, you might get your hind end kicked. If you're not submitted to God. There's Bible for that too. How many of you know that? It's when you yield to the Spirit of God, when you surrender to the Lordship and the government of God, you will then have peace. Number two. This is the foundation of peace. Number two, have diligent, faith-filled prayer. Here it is again, Philippians 4 and, 4 and 6. It says, be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God is going to do something. It's going to surpass everything in the natural, all understanding. It's going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. See, without faith... Prayer becomes griping in the spirit. Without faith, prayer becomes griping in the spirit. How do I know that? Because I did it this week. <laughs> and my wife and her lovely, Brian, you know, honey, you know. And I went away from that going, oh, she's totally right. Dang it. Oh, my gosh. And she, inwardly, she's not shouting amens, but she's going, this message is awesome. Yes. <laughs> We're going to drive out tonight, hold hands. She's like, oh, Brian, I love the message tonight. <laughs> Especially that part about me rebuking you. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Pray with thanksgiving. This is huge. Pray with thanksgiving. What do I mean by that? That means praying in this way. God, God, I thank you that you love me. God, I thank you you are for me. God, I thank you you never fail me. God, I thank you you never forsake me, Jesus. God, I thank you that your name is faithful and true. I thank you. I praise you. That's how you pray. With thanksgiving. You pray with thanksgiving. And if you pray with thanksgiving, it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You never forget the goodness of God. 
Has God ever done something amazing for you one week and next week you're clueless like what you're going to do and you feel like God's not going to come through? And then all of a sudden the light bulb goes on you. Oh, wait, I got to remember it was only six days ago God did that. Okay, that's, I, maybe it's, uh, it's connecting with four people. I don't believe that. I think it's connecting with all of us. We come to God. We say, God, I trust you with my job. God, I trust you with these relationships. I trust you with the sickness, God. I trust you with the issue. I, tr I trust you with this challenge. Number three, the foundation of peace is have a God-centered mindset. Write it down. Have a God-centered mindset. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 is so powerful. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Guys, this is a major point. God is trustworthy. Our Father is trustworthy. And let your mind be anchored in peace. Let your mind be stayed and fixed upon the Lord. He's watching over me. He's never going to desert me. Are you hearing it tonight? Now, this is deep. You watch too much news, you're going to lose your peace. That's deep. You know, years ago, my, I'm about to wrap up here. Years ago, my wife and I, we were going through something in the ministry with some people that was so incredibly stressful. I can't, it was beyond difficult. It was, it was demonic. It was demonic, but it was coming through people. And it was so intense. And um, I was kind of in flux of what was happening, kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. Have you ever been there in that place where you're just kind of wondering when the other shoe is really going to fall? Like, like the trouble started, but actually the trouble's about to really get started. Have you ever been there? Uh, have you ever been there? Come on, can I have more than five honest people in the room? Yeah, where, where you're seeing trouble, but actually there's, there's more trouble coming. And you, you start thinking about it. You start dwelling upon it. Actually, it was, a, it was about a miracle property that we were supposed to get. And it was a time of great trouble and great warfare over our ministry and over our family and over our lives. It was, it was just beyond, beyond. And I want to give you something that is so important. Because if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, do you know the American culture is getting set up right now they're being doped with fear. So bad that they're waiting for the other shoe to fall. But I want to give you a word, and I want you to write it down. Fear is expecting the devil to move. But faith is expecting God to move. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Come on. Did you catch it? Fear... Fear is expecting the devil to move. Faith is expecting God to move on your behalf. Grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of this. If your mind is on the devil moving, you're not going to have any peace. If your mind is on, listen, guys, I'm trying to help us tonight. If your mind is on the devil moving and on what's next, you're not going to have the peace of God. But if you'll move in faith. See, guys, I, I'm anchored. I, I know there's more hell to come. I know 
2022 is going to be. <laughs> but where I am anchored, I'm anchored and created for the greatest revival and awakening and outpouring of the Spirit of God. That's what I'm living for. That's why I'm still alive. That's why I'm here. That's why this church exists. That's why this church exists. We're moving in faith. Why? We're looking for what God is going to do and how God is going to move. Glory. Romans chapter 8. And I'm wrapping up for the third, 30th time. Chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh, they have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and... Grab a hold of that. To be spiritually minded is to have the mind of faith. To be spiritually minded is to have a mind that is full of peace. I expect God to move. You know, when I come to victory, I expect God to move. You know, I actually expect God to heal people while I'm preaching. Not just when we call up the prayer team. I expect people to be healed under the power of the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I expect, that's faith. I expect God to move. I expect that the Holy Spirit's ministry is working so strong in here that He's cleansing and purging anxiety out of people's minds and hearts right now. Right now, it's happening. It's been happening all night. While you've been looking at me, the Holy Spirit's just been working and moving. And the Word of God is cutting and pruning those things out of you that the the enemy has been trying to ambush you and lie to you and and jade your mind. It's not going to come upon you. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to fail. You're not. It's no. You're not going to lose. No, it's not going to happen. Your mindset is yours to set. Write it down. Your mindset is yours to set. It's your responsibility. No one sets my mind for me. I don't even set my my, my wife's mind. She sets her mind. I set my mind. Are you hearing me? This is important. Your mindset is yours to set. This This is important. It's all about your perspective. When young David came down to the valley... And he surveyed the army, and he's like, what in the world's going on? Everybody was obsessed with a nine-foot, six-inch giant. And David's walking down there, and he's like, what's up? What's up? What's the problem? Why haven't we dealt with this uncircumcised Philistine? And then he walks another 30 feet. What's up? What's going on? I don't understand. Why hasn't anybody dealt with this uncircumcised Philistine? Uh, we're sick of listening to you. You got pride in your heart, David. Oh, no, I'm going to go talk to somebody else. And so what's going on? I don't understand. Why are we listening to this big mouth? Why, are, why, why hasn't anybody taken care of this uncircumcised Philistine? You, and it says that several times in the text. I mean, I mean, you would think that somebody would pull David aside and say, why are you so obsessed with what's underneath the bridges? <laughs> it's not that at all. What David was saying was that God gave a covenant to Abraham. And God said, 
I will always protect you. And the sign, I will always protect you. And the sign that I will always protect you is the sign that you must be circumcised. David showed up, and he's like, he doesn't have any protection. We're the one that's protected. He doesn't have any protection. We're the ones that have a covenant with God. When's somebody going to deal with this? When is somebody going to deal with this? When is somebody going to deal with this? And God is looking to his ecclesia saying, when are you going to deal with it? We're the one that has a covenant with God, but we can't exercise power if we don't have peace. Yeah, now I'm preaching. Now I ain't going to wrap up in a minute. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to hole off. <laughs> now I'm about to preach. My dad, my dad growing up, I know my dad's watching right now. I know he'll get a kick out of this. He used to say growing up as a kid, he would, he would say, he would say to guys, I've walked over bigger guys than you just to get to a fight. I laughed every time he said it. I've walked over bigger guys to you just to get to. That's like David. It's his perspective. I've got a covenant with God. Let's deal with this. That's the real church. That's not arrogance. That's not arrogance. That's the real church. It's your perspective. Fourth point. Here's your foundation of peace. Have a daily dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Write it down. I must have a daily dependence on the Holy Spirit. I must have a daily dependence on the Holy Spirit. See, our, our emotions are like an engine. And an engine needs oil. If you don't, if you don't lubricate your car, if you don't, if you don't give your car oil, your, your car, if you give it oil, it will do amazing things. It will be faithful to you. If you don't put oil in it and if you just pet it and talk to it, come on, Betsy, you can make it up that hill. It's going to fail. I know it's really deep. Your emotions have to be oiled by the Holy Spirit. I need to be the one to tell you this. You need to depend on the Holy Spirit. You need to be oiled by God. You got Bible for that? Yeah, I do. I'm glad you asked. Song of Songs, 1 verse 3. And this is out of the Passion Translation. I love this. Your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing. Over and over poured out. For your loving name is flowing oil. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. Wow, that's awesome. Your lovely name means flowing oil. Last point, the foundation of our peace comes through praise and worship. This might be Cody's favorite point tonight. Isaiah 61, I want you to go there tonight. I've got just a few more scriptures and I'm going to release you. Are you receiving tonight? Seriously, are you still drinking? Are you getting this? This message is a gift to you tonight. It's a gift to you from God. I say that humbly. It's a gift to you from God. This is a messianic prophecy. We know that concerning Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal 
the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prisons to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them, watch, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You need to underline that. Guys, the spirit of heaviness on our nation is unbelievable in this hour. You got to put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Are you catching this tonight? This is our inheritance. This is where our peace comes from. When you live a lifestyle of worship, and worship is not just about music, ladies and gentlemen. Worship is about living an obedient lifestyle. Worship is not about picking the right songs. Worship is an obedient lifestyle. It's, an, it's a sacrificial life of honoring God, putting God first, and nothing before Him. Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Why does the Bible say that praise is a garment? It's because you have to put it on. I had my coat off during worship. I just felt restricted. And I was jealous of Shane because he had no coat on. He was dancing. And I'm like, well, I'm going to dance by Shane. <laughs> and I was glad I did. I was like, I'm getting this coat off. No restrictions. But you know what? When I came up and we transitioned, I went back and I put something on. I put on my coat. I put on my garment. We're told in the scriptures, put on the garment of praise. you got to put it on. It's just like Paul wrote us, put on humility. Put on love. Are you hearing this? you got to put on the garment of praise. And when it's hard... When it's hard and your peace is being disturbed or your peace is being rattled or you start feeling anxiety, this is where I encourage you. Get along with God. Turn that worship music on or don't turn it on. Lift your hands. Listen, if you only lift your hands in church, you're on your way to a lifestyle of hypocrisy. You lift your hands in the shower. You... <laughs> You uncircumcised Philistine. No, he's going back to that. What, Brian, where are you at? No, you got to hear this. A couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, my kids discovered that I drink coffee in the shower. And that was a powerful revelation to them. They went into the bathroom to get something, and they saw these coffee mugs next to all of my bath washes, and they were like, what the heck is coffee cups doing in the shower? It's not you, Mom. Yeah, your dad drinks, uh, drinks coffee in the shower. Well, I do. I do. But there's something, there's something else that I do. I lift my hands. And when I wash myself, I say, God, I thank you that you've cleansed me by the blood of Jesus. And you wash me today. And I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm redeemed. I'm clean. I'm righteous before you. I lift my hands in the shower. I lift my hands in our master bedroom. I lift my hands in the house. I lift. Sometimes I've been lifting my hands walking Snickers. I've, I'll be on doggy duty tonight after service and walking our dog. And 
Sometimes I've done that, and sometimes I've been praying in the Spirit and had our neighbors, like, walk up on me with their dog, like, hey, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> hey, hi, neighbor. Hello. Hey, I know you don't get it. It's okay. <laughs> oh. Our neighbors don't know what to think of us anyway. It's crazy. They don't. You got to put on a garment of praise. You got to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to close. I'm going to skip some things, but I'm going to close. And I want you to go to the book of John, chapter 14. These are the words of Jesus. I know I'm having fun with this message, and I'm actually glad that I'm having fun with it because it feels really good. But you know what? The peace of God is serious business. The peace of God is serious business. What we're really talking about tonight is at the highest order and the highest level. Because, guys, you can dance really good in the church, but you've got to live in the peace of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fear is expecting the devil to move. Faith is expecting God to move. Grab a hold of this tonight. These are the words of Jesus. 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He is coming just as he promised. He's coming. And our bridegroom has been away preparing a place for us. He's coming. Until his return, until that time, may we live and draw out of the peace that is in the Holy Spirit. It is your inheritance. Don't let the enemy steal it from you. It's yours. Relish it. Cherish it. Be with God. Spend quality time with God. Develop your inner life stronger. Lock in with the Lord in this hour so that you can live in peace. Guys, I didn't plan on saying this tonight. The wars and the rumors of wars are about to really intensify. The wars and the rumors of wars are about ready to greatly intensify. I'm not just talking about China and Taiwan. I'm not just talking about Russia and Ukraine. I'm talking about something right here. Make sure you anchor yourself in the peace of God. The glory of God must look like something. It's going to look like peace resting and manifesting on you. People are going to be so attracted to it. They'll say, wow, how are you doing this? You say, let me give you the secret. Let me give you the secret. It's nothing natural. 
It's not my it's not my abilities. It's not my personality. It's not. No. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Lord. You need the Lord. He's the Prince of Peace and of his government and of his peace. There shall be no end. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand tonight. Come on, let's give God a praise in this house. Let's begin to thank the Lord for his peace. Let's begin to thank him right now for the Holy Spirit. Come on, just thank him. Thank him. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank you, for, thank you God, for your loving kindness. Thank you for your loving kindness, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you, Father. Woo! We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you, Holy Spirit. Receive the peace of the Lord. Drink it in tonight. Put your hands out just to receive in front of you. Those of you watching online, just put your hands out. And just receive afresh tonight the Lord's kiss upon you as a son and a daughter. And let us peace just well up in your spirit. Let it well up in your spirit. It's not hype. It's not adrenaline. It's not a gimmick. It's the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit that is within you. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So thankful, Jeff and Donna, you've overcome. So good to hear your voices in the church tonight. Praise God. Praise God. We've been praying for so many, so many, so many different battles. Hallelujah. God's been good tonight. Amen. Amen. Cody, in Jesus' name, we just speak the healing virtue of the Lord over your body right now. And over you, Sandra, and over your children right now. We speak a hedge of protection around you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. In Jesus' name, we call you the healed of the Lord, the blessed of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we bless your house. And may the peace of God rule and reign in the cells. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do this for me. No heads bowed, every eye open. If you, if you struggle with just moving in and out of the peace of God, just kind of wave at me. So how many of you really needed this tonight? Oh, that's great. That, that's great. That's great. That's encouraging. That's really encouraging. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Cody, can you come? Are you good to come? All right.
Let's do, um, let your glory fall in this room. I'm calling an audible. I don't think we're going to call for the prayer team tonight. So those of you that are popping your breath mints, you're awesome. But I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to open the altars. <laughs> Saw a few of you getting ready. Hot dog. I don't think we're going to call for the prayer team tonight. Something very special happened in our altars last week. Tonight, if you want to linger before the Lord, maybe let this song, maybe let this declaration really get into the depths of your spirit so it becomes your song and your anthem or your prayer or your intercession. This is what our church needs to be possessed with. Possessed with a vision from the Lord that the glory of God would fall on us in such a way that it'll go from forth from here to the nations. Man, I'd be happy for it to go forth from here just to Tampa. <laughs> but I got faith for more than that. <laughs> I, got, I mean, I've got faith for more than Port Charlotte. You know, I, I want it to go forth to the nations. So I want to open the altars. If you want to linger and spend time with the Lord and just soak, just come now. Just come. Just find a place to pray. Find a place to be with the Lord. Let's just, let's decree this tonight. Let's make it our song tonight. Those of you online, make it your song. Make it your anthem, your declaration tonight. And I just speak the peace of the Holy Ghost upon the house, upon the family, and upon you. In Jesus' matchless holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.